Expose my mind to clarity Oh, my spirit shudders Capture the moment uh, to keep my sanity And the wisdom rushing in So much Welcome back to another episode of Oh Shoot. Today is a guest episode and I'm joined by the ever lovely Sydney Marie. I actually <laughs> found <laughs> I found Sydney on Instagram because she took photos of this influencer that I follow and I, yeah, I instantly became obsessed with you. So I was like I need to get Sydney on the podcast ASAP. So Sydney is here and we're going to talk about lots and lots of things. Um she's very creative, very talented. So Sydney, I would love for you to introduce yourself, say hi, tell everyone who you are and just what you do. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm very excited and a little nervous because I've only done like one or two other podcasts in my life. So <gasps> welcome. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I am Cindy Marie. I am a wedding photographer. Um, I got married last year. So my husband has kind of jumped onto my business in the last, I don't know, year and a half, I would say, um, mm-hmm. kind of on the back end. But I've been like solo for almost eight years. Like I started really, really young. So I'm 27 now. I started like 18, freshly 18. Yeah. (laughs) And just going at it ever since really. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So tell me your story. How did you get into photography? Um, like kind of bring me back to your origin. Mm. Well, 17, 18. Yeah, literally. (laughs) It's crazy. I'm curious to know yours too. Like if you started really young, um, Mm -hmm. but I started at like 17 years old, probably just for, just for fun. And then at 18, I was in community college and like really hated it, really did not feel like I was growing. Um, and almost had like more fun. Like I was nannying, I was like doing all these like kind of entrepreneurial things that I didn't really know at the time. Um, and loved all of that. That was so fun to me. So I ended up doing like second shooting for a friend and it snowballed from there. Like it just, I was obsessed from the start. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just kept going. I was like, this is my only option. I'm, I'm not going to college anymore. This is it. Yeah. I don't, I don't recommend that for everybody. (laughs) Don't do that. Don't do what I did. That's true. That's true. I love how how you you start too. Oh yeah. I started, um, actually doing photography in college kind of as like, Mm, like the college campus photographer type of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's how I got into it. And yeah, once I got my first wedding, like you said, it just snowballs from there. Yeah. (laughs) Um, how did you know that you were ready to go full time? Like, what was that? You know, you, you started, but then like, when did you Mm -hmm. know that, like, were you working other jobs? Like, what did that look Mm -hmm. like? I was honestly very blessed, I will say, because I was living with my parents. So being so young, I was kind of still in the, you know, moving out stage of of my life. So I really had a lot of like, I didn't have a lot of overhead um, is what I mean to say. But 
that really propelled me to do a bunch of things. Like I could really do whatever and not have the the pressure of having to pay for rent or really yeah. anything like that. So all the money that I made was like immediately invested back into the business, probably for a year, I would say, or a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once I was getting like consistent bookings and I felt more comfortable, which I think I was 20, like the year I turned 21. So like January 1st or something like that is when me and my dad were like, okay, let's figure out how to make, you know, this a business like legitimately with the state of Florida, get all of that settled. And like, this is kind of it. And like propelling me to do, to do Mm -hmm. it full time. So I just took it as like, I have no other option. Like I'm just gonna go for it. Yeah. So (laughs) you, you're from Florida, you live there Mm -hmm. currently. Yeah, we, we live here. And then we also have a place in New York too now as of last year, which has okay. been like my ultimate dream. Like that has been a dream since probably for about five years. I've always wanted to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a place in both areas because we do a lot of work in either spot. So like Florida is very much January through May, everything's here. And then in the summer and like a little bit in the fall too, that's kind of around, you know, upper east side of yeah. The, the world. <laughs> okay. That's literally a dream. I didn't realize that was like a dream of mine until you just said that. And now I'm like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I need this in my life. That sounds so great. And I actually like the idea of the timing of it because yeah, New York gets cold and Florida is like too hot in the summer. So like that oh actually God. makes a lot of sense business wise. Yeah. Yeah. It keeps us going for sure. I would definitely, if we weren't shooting in, in, sorry, if we weren't shooting in Florida or New York, the times that we are, I would definitely have a lull in, in the business, which would make it a little bit more stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, we were living outside of, we were li- living outside of like hotels constantly. So $20,000 a year was just like thrown into hotels. And I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, I don't want to do this. So we ended up investing in a property, thank God. And like that has been it's so fun. Like yeah. such a dream. Like I can't wait to tell like my future family about this. Like guess what we did? <laughs> yeah. We were babies. Like this is awesome. <laughs> That's so cool. So you mm. don't have any like slow season then, right? Mm, not really at the moment. I I could um okay. Usually like August could be could be slower. Um but that's like a big month for like Maine and I don't know, like that area, like Vermont, those kind okay. of states. Mm-hmm. we we get booked for that too so now that we've kind of separated ourselves from like you know kind of all down the east coast we kind of get it you know get work all the way up basically so right okay that's <laughs> yeah that's really cool okay I'm process I'm pro- literally processing like putting myself in your shoes right now because this is like so cool um I do want to ask you what do you shoot on and like kind of like why did you choose your gear that you mm-hmm. have. I want to ask you too, because I okay, yeah. I have a feeling I know what you shoot on, but I don't. Oh. I've never asked. Um, okay. We shoot on. Well, I've been shooting on Canon for since I started, um, and I was very heavily influenced by Jordan both at yeah. the time, um, and I've been mentored by him. Like, got to meet him in person. He's like an amazing human. Um, so I was very heavily heavily influenced by him and his work. So. I, I loved all the gear that he was shooting on, which I think is like Mark threes or something like that. 5d Mark threes, um, mm-hmm. which are pretty old. Um, so we started shooting on that. I've kind of morphed into like mirrorless a little bit. And we've in the last year and a half, 
we have branched out to so many different brands. Like I think we have like 10 to 15 cameras total. And that's like a mix wow. of film and digital, but we have brands like Hasselblad and um, Leica, Fuji, Pentax, mm-hmm. Contacts, like literally anything you can think of, we've tried at least once or we own. Um, and it's just been so challenging, like in the best way. Like I'm having yeah. way more fun at weddings because I'm like, okay, what do I get to use for like this moment? Like what's going to be the best for this look that I'm going for? Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Okay. I love that. So you do still shoot on Canon, but you just kind of bounce around between like the different mm-hmm. film options, would you say? Yeah, it's, it's definitely the, our, you know, ideal for family photos and for, you know, the, the moments that need backup in a way yeah. like that mm-hmm. we really need to have a dual card slot and all of these things. Cause some Leica cameras don't have a dual card slot. Um, our Hasselblad camera does. Um, so it really just depends on the moment. Okay. Um, but we kind of just mix it up. They all have different looks. So we use them yeah. for, you know, different parts of the day. If that makes sense. Oh, interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what lenses do you find yourself gra- gravitating towards? Oh my gosh. I have been now gravitating back towards the 50. Um, I've been loving the 16 to 35 for literally the last two years. Like I haven't stopped using it. And now I'm like, I'm really liking the 50 again. Like just having something a little tighter and romantic, um, with the bokeh. I don't know. I go really in and out all of the time from all of the different cameras that we use. Like I start gravitating towards one thing and I'll just use that almost throughout the entire day. Yeah. And then I'll give whatever else I need to Nick or whoever's my second shooter. I'm like, you can use <laughs> the basic stuff. I want to, I want to do something creative today. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Absolutely. Um, okay. So I shoot on Sony. Um, really? Okay. We yeah. have to that actually. What did you think I shot on? I thought it was Canon. Oh, really? I started on Canon. Oh, really? Um, yeah. With like the Mark three and like the 60 mm-hmm. Mark two and stuff. It kind of um, gives off that vibe. That's what I was thinking. It was Canon though. Yeah. And I was like using like the, like, what are you with mirrorless or like, mm-hmm. do you like using everything that they have or are you like selective with the cameras? Yeah. I mainly use like, obviously I think they only have mirrorless, but, um, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, but I use their a nine series and the a seven series. And then I actually have like a little digital camera from them, like a little point and shoot type of oh, thing. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, which I love cause it's like basically a Sony camera in like a small compact form. Like mm-hmm. you can shoot and raw and everything. It's like amazing. Um, oh, wow. but I have been experimenting with like other digital cameras and like, I have like a Nikon film camera, a Canon digital camera. Um, but I feel like everything has like a purpose, like you said, and I want to get more into like having cameras for specific looks, which I don't think mm-hmm. I'm quite there yet. Um, so it's yeah. hard. It's hard to balance. It is yeah. very hard to balance. Like I'm still figuring it all out. Like there's not enough room on my body that I can like fit everything. Cause some of these right. cameras are like absolutely huge. So yeah, I just end up setting them down and then I'm like moving to the next place. I'm like, Oh, I left one of the cameras out of the 10 that we have. Like, where, yeah. where is it? Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. Okay. So later I'm going to ask you, we're going to talk about film a little bit more. Um, so anyone interested in that, stay tuned. Um, I wanted to ask you about kind of like what January looks like for you. Mm -hmm. I guess more in like the sense of like goal setting and like 
your approach to the new year with your business? Do you have any things that you like to do in January to kind of get you ready for the new year? What's your, Mm -hmm. what's your new year vibe? I am a huge goal person. I love, (laughs) I love goals. My husband like makes fun of me because I'm like my goal today. He's like, Oh, lots of goals every day, every minute. Um, but I actually go through typically in like December, um, October to December, I'll go through the goals from last year. So I always write them in my notes every year and I'll block them out from like financial, personal, um, anything within my business. So if it's like a marketing thing, and then I'll also do like a section of like manifesting. So I'll just kind of like throw things out there that I really would love to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, which just keeps my mind in that, in that space. I feel like if I want to be published on a certain magazine or something like that, like I'm almost always thinking about that with every decision that I make. Um, so it's always kind of going to this, those specific, you know, five to 10 things that I have on those, uh, like broken up. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'll, I'll review that in December and then usually late December or early January, I'll start making something for, um, 2024. Uh, so that's what I've been doing the last couple of days. And honestly, this month is, is usually pretty slow. It is usually pretty slow, but unfortunately we've had a lot, (laughs) we have a lot going on, which is great. And then not so great. Cause I don't feel like I have that extra like time to get a, to get up like a fresh start or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but cause we're just jumping right into it. Uh, but I'm still excited. I have some specific things that I really would like to, you know, check off in 2024 or really start investing in, especially in the business, especially with like gear and things like that. So we can really do that at any point. Like we don't have to be February doing X, Y, Z or March doing X, Y, Z. So. Right. Yeah. I like the, that concept of like, just, setting goals like all the time Mm -hmm. like you're always self-reflecting you're always thinking about how can I be better I think that's just a really good mindset to be in for the whole Mm -hmm. year and like specifically yeah yeah, specifically in January it is nice to like kind of write out those bigger goals like those kind of crazy things that you want to happen but I think it's great like every single month to be like okay Mm -hmm. what's my goal this month Um, I think that's how you run a really successful business, honestly. Like you're always setting goals. It's not just like a one-time thing. Mm -hmm. Do you, do you find yourself like setting goals every month or trying to achieve something every month or is it like quarterly or every six months or? Mm, Yeah, I I would say I might be more of like a quarterly gal. Mm -hmm. So I just planned out basically my entire month of January and February, um, actually yesterday. Um, but yeah. for me, it kind of works in like those monthly increments. I do sit down at the beginning of the year and like write out my big goals and like, what are some of the things I want? Like I want to launch a course. I want this, I want that. Mm-hmm. And then I have an idea of what month I want to get those things done. So then when, yeah. you know, that chunk of time comes, then I can be like, okay, here are the tasks I need to do to actually get that done. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Um, Especially with courses and things that are going to take weeks and weeks of your time or mm-hmm. months of your time to to do and then launching as well like that's like a whole like thinking about the marketing strategy and all of that too is really crazy it's a lot it's a lot yeah yeah. we definitely have to be forward thinkers over here for Mm -hmm. sure (laughs) (laughs) so I want to transition to talk to you more about your creative and editing process um I Mm -hmm. literally love your photos your work is beautiful um 
Of course. So I wanted to kind of pick your brain a little bit. Um, first, I wanted to ask you, what did the process look like of you like finding your style, your editing style, your mm-hmm. shooting style? What what did that process look like for you? Oh my gosh, it's still happening. <laughs> it's still definitely happening. Um, I, honestly, I've I've shifted my style like in the last year, like very okay. slowly. Um, I started out again, like very heavily influenced by like India Earl and photographers who honestly, like all, almost all of them lived on the West coast. Um, so like a lot of warmth and, and lots of like orange and red tones, absolutely beautiful, especially in California and like Utah, you just naturally have that kind of lighting there. Um, but I don't think as I, I, as I grow, I didn't think it really matched where we end up shooting. We shoot in California a few times, but I didn't feel like the the style that I had was aligning with like the venues that I was shooting at. Um, and really like challenge, again, challenging myself. Like I didn't feel challenged anymore. So in the last couple of years, I've really shifted our style. Um, and, and I say ours too, because Nick is again, very like very much into all of this stuff. Like he loves all these things. So I kind of run things by him to make sure that I'm in check (laughs) mentally. Um, but I, I love the way that I'm editing now. I actually, this is like my favorite type of photography is like, you know, documentary style, but very true to color, very true to skin tones. Um, it's not really adding to, um, or like emphasizing anything. It's like just there for the moment, if that makes sense. It's just like capturing Mm -hmm. the moment as it is, as the textures are, as the colors are, like I'm not adding anything to over enhance, um, which I feel like has been, again, influenced by fashion photography. I absolutely love fashion photography. I love uh, Greg Williams. I don't know if you know of him, but he mm-hmm. is a celebrity photographer that he, I, I think he mainly shoots like, um, he shoots a few campaigns, but I would definitely look him up. I love all of his stuff. He really shoots celebrities a lot. And then uh, Joe Greer is also an incredible photographer. He does like a lot of street photography stuff. Um, both of them are are heavily into like Leica, the brand, um, and film mainly. Mm-hmm. So we've been absolutely loving their style in the last couple of years and have really like implemented that, I would say, in our in my editing process in a way. Mm-hmm. But obviously there's, you know, a base preset that you work with and from there yeah. I've really really adjusted this year <laughs> very much yeah, yeah. every time <laughs> mm-hmm. so for every shoot that you do you do a mix of digital and film and mm-hmm. are you then editing your digital photos to get them to look more like the film shots are you editing the film shots yeah that's a that's a good question I it really depends on really depends on the lighting because sometimes I feel like film just does so much better in certain lighting situations and I'll, you know, gravitate more towards film photography within that atmosphere. And sometimes I'll gravitate more towards digital. It really just depends on the shoot. It depends on the couple, if they love film, if they kind of more, if they're more attracted to digital. Um, but I do find myself doing, uh, you know, maybe 60% digital, 40% film at this point. And okay. Hopefully having them, um, you know, at least be as seamless as possible. I don't want them to be exact. I kind of like that. It's just a little bit different. It gives off, you know, a different feel in the gallery. I like seeing, you know, variety in a gallery rather than everything looking exactly the same. Um, so I do, I do kind of go towards that. I don't want them looking 
identical in a way. Right. So it just depends on, I would say, lighting and what we're working with. But. Yeah. What lighting do you find yourself loving film photography? Honestly, like direct light is amazing, mm-hmm. um, especially with portrait. I feel like is really fun, especially when we're shooting in like New York City. I really kind of gravitate towards that. Um, I would say like mid morning light is really beautiful with film and maybe like midday. If, if I'm shooting like a sunset type of session, I'll really go more towards digital because um, I don't feel like I feel like with film, it looks a little bit more muddy, at least how I do things. I wouldn't say I'm a film pro, um, yeah. but what I've noticed with my like film skills, it just looks a little too muddy for me. So I start gravitating more towards digital and again, like that warmth. Yeah. feel if that makes okay. sense but. yeah no that makes a lot of sense yeah I would agree I've shot a little bit of film at sunset and I've been like mm. not a fan yeah. okay good I'm glad you said that I was gonna yeah. ask you I'm like I don't know if it's just me or if I'm like not yeah no <laughs> I am still I, learning film I am definitely right. still learning but I just yeah. I have no idea it might be cameras too it really might be that's you know, true. That I'm using, but. That's true. That's true. I'm honestly not even like that into film photography. I'm more mm-hmm. into like shooting digital and making it look like film type mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, like, which is a skill in itself. I really can't do that. <laughs> it's really, it's <laughs> really hard. I'm good at. <laughs> <laughs> um, so kind of going back to editing a little bit, do you have any editing tips or tricks that have really helped you in your photography? Like anything that's been life-changing, game-changing for you? Mm-hmm. That's a good question because I feel like, and I'm sure you're probably the same as like a lot of my career. I've self, I've been self-taught. Like I just try to learn as much as I can, at least from, you know, conversations from other people, just, you know, being in experiencing things, but a lot of editing I've really figured out myself. Um, But I would say like my best tip, especially for maybe photographers, I'm trying to like think back what I would want to hear when I first started but mm-hmm. I would just I would just look at the photography styles that you like and it doesn't even have to be wedding photography in general like you can really find a preset that matches any type of photographer because there's only so many out there there's only so many tweaks you can do mm-hmm. um so that's what I would look for and really invest in trying out new things like I know presets are a lot but you spend about $500 and you can probably figure out which preset works best for your shooting style try it out with every type of lighting situation flash photography and maybe even have a few few ones that you use not just the same one but um that would kind of be my my advice because honestly Mm -hmm. I'm eight years in and I'm still like "Hmm, I can make some changes I can adjust I'm almost adjusting it every single time I shoot just because it's fun yeah (laughs) but making consistency is all obviously is obviously great and that that's what will, you know, bring your clients back to that. But yeah, that would be my tip. Mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, I really <laughs> like that. We're jumping into an ad real quick to talk about Pixta. Pixta is a new gallery platform for photographers with double the storage of others for only half the price. Not only can you deliver galleries on Pixta, but it's also a business platform, which means you can send contracts and invoices directly to your clients. Pixta has beautiful and mobile-friendly client galleries, which makes it super easy for clients to use and download their images. Not to mention, Pixta has super simple and straightforward pricing, which means all of their plans have access to all of the features. Each plan on Pixta varies based on storage to meet each photographer's needs. For 30% off Pixta, use code Cassidy at the link in the show notes. That's P-I-X-T. 
T-A and use code Cassidy for 30% off. Now let's get back to the show. And even like kind of piggybacking off of that, the concept of keeping all of your raws, not all of them, but like, yeah, keeping Mm -hmm. raws so that if you do want to switch your style or you do need to mess around with different lighting scenarios with like different Mm -hmm. presets, you actually have them available. I think that's like so key. And I mean, even just like talking to you right now, you're like majorly successful and you're still change your editing. Like you still have (laughs) tweaks you need to make. Like, you know, there's still, you're still evolving. You're still changing. So like nothing has to be perfect. I feel like as a beginner, I was always like, it needs to be perfect. It needs to be whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's just, that's just not realistic. You know, my, my fear was always that my clients would notice, like if there was a major difference and honestly, my, if you look at my work from like a year and a half ago till now, there is a major difference, but I think that we've been able to do it so slowly. And thankfully Nick has kind of been, my husband's kind of been the one to help me along that way so that I'm kind of having somebody looking from the outside. Like, is this too harsh of a difference that clients from a year ago or somebody who's going to book me in a year from now, are they wanting to see this? Is this something that like aligns with my brand still, or can I, continue to push slowly to get to where you know I want to be but yeah I was gonna ask you that like how how are you able to transition your editing style so like drastically like you've mentioned Mm -hmm. the past year like without it being super obvious is it just you slowly doing it has there been anything else that you've been doing I think so it's it's definitely slowly Uh, like a slow process, but on the front end, like what I'm showing people on social media or my portfolio, it was a lot, especially in the last year, I showed almost only film. So I wanted to show that number one, that was a skill set that we could add to our portfolio, but it was kind of an easier way to slowly transition into a style that matched that without like having this huge switch up like right off the bat and people are like, wait, that is that still Sydney style? Like who is now behind the camera? Like what's happening? So I feel like we were able to slowly do that. Um, and sending out galleries too, I would definitely tweak a little bit at each and every gallery. I would tweak a little bit and see if anyone, you know, if someone said something then I'm like, okay, that is, I need to pull back and again, do maybe go a little bit slower but honestly, everybody, I don't think anybody noticed in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's more, especially from a photographer's perspective, and I'm sure a lot of your, like, listeners gonna to, can relate to it, but it's in it's a lot in our heads. Like, it's a yeah. lot of what I think people care about, and they literally don't. They just want to look good in a photo. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't care if it's, like, a tad orangier or a tad <laughs> greener. Like, I, they're not going to notice. It's true. That's literally so true. And that's how I feel... Like when people spend so long editing that like literally they don't have time for anything else. I'm like, you are overthinking your edits way too much. Like your clients are not going to notice. Like, yes, spend time Mm -hmm. on your edits. Like don't rush through it, but don't like make it where you have like no time for anything else. You know what I mean? Like you really have to be able to like edit and move on and not overthink it too much. Like there's definitely an art to it where you take your time, but like there's a balance. Yeah, exactly. I I feel like I was taking so much time in the beginning of last year because I was tweaking. So like every Mm -hmm. time I would set aside, I'm like, I know it's going to take me longer because I want to perfect this. And then by, by now it's actually easier. Like the style of editing that I have is easier than what I had 
two years ago. Like mm-hmm. it is taking me so much faster to produce a great product rather than like a full week of editing because the edit didn't match every single moment in a way or didn't look good with flash. So I was tweaking again. Like it's really made my life easier just taking the extra time at the beginning of the year to like really knock it out and really yeah. protect it. Mm-hmm. But I totally get that. It's, I feel like the last couple of years I'm like spending days and weeks on, on shooting them or on, on editing. I have to kind of pull back yeah. and take a step back, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's everyone feels that way. I totally get it. Um, so let's talk about flash slash film real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, so you mentioned like you have different cameras for like different looks and stuff. And also like, okay, let me, let me figure out my question here. <laughs> Cause I'm about to like, just go on a, yeah, I need to like go put for it, it. In, a, in a nice little box. Okay. So with your cameras, what camera are you using for like what specific looks? If you've got like a couple cameras that you can like mention that you love for film mm-hmm. and piggybacking off of that film roles, like how do you know what type of film to buy? How did you learn all this? Yeah. That's a good you get, question. You get the vibe. Yeah. Okay. Um, we have, I'm trying to think of how many that I use currently, maybe four that I really like. Um, I'm going to be honest though. We're, I, I'm definitely going to invest in a, in higher quality gear when it comes okay. to film over the last, like, I don't know, four years we've been shooting film. I have a lot of, you know, point and shoots. Like I'm sure, you know, the contacts T2 is like a huge a great camera for point point and shoot uh, photography or film photography. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm now that I'm like refining my style, I feel like I need something that can handle like where my vision is, um, which these cameras are like really expensive. Yes. <laughs> so like 10 grand. I'm like, literally this is a crazy expensive hobby that I love. So this <laughs> is going to be a bummer of a year, but I think it'll be important to us. Like again, growing, our portfolio and just continuing to like elevate what we're doing. Um, Mm. I do have like, I can just name one of the cameras that I really like that I'll most likely be selling this year to Finnegan upgrade. Um, I think it's a Pentax six, four, six, four, five, I think something like that. Um, and it's manual. So I manually have to focus it every single time. So it does make me slow down a little bit. Um, but I actually like that. I like that. Mm. I love the colors, um, whether I'm using like Portra, you know, 400, 800, or I've been using recently, I don't know if you've heard of Lomography, Lomography Mm -hmm. it's called. Um, it's, I think it's a smaller, uh, brand, like a, a, a film brand, but I've used it in my personal work and I really, I really like it. So I'm going to kind of test it out this year, like the beginning of the year and see how it does with, you know, wedding specifically, wedding specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do love like Portra 400 for, uh, specifically that like Pentax camera is really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just very, uh, there's not, there's texture, but it's still clear. Even if it's blurry, it's still clear. It's like such a weird, yeah. I don't even know how to describe it, but it's such a beautiful camera. Um, so I've been using that a lot. I'll pick that up for specific things, um, like portraits, details, anything that, you know, you have a little bit of movement. It's not too much because you still have to manually focus everything. So if you have way too much going on, you can't use that camera. You really have to slow down. Yeah. Um, we have a couple point and shoots too, that are super easy. So like, that's really easy with, you know, 
receptions, again, anything you're moving a lot or getting ready, anything like that, um, tends to work out, but I'm trying to think, did that answer like most of the question? (laughs) Yes. The only other thing I want, like was curious about is like, how did you learn all this? Like just through experimenting or did you like invest in any education or anything? Yeah, that was pretty much it. it was really doing it ourselves. My husband actually was the one who started to love film before me. His grandpa okay. is an incre- like was an incredible photographer and solely only shot film. It was absolutely beautiful. All of his work is stunning. And wow. so after seeing that, I was like, okay, this could be pretty sick. Yeah. <laughs> if I could actually learn how to do this. Um, so we started off with like really basic cameras and just really shot the two of us. Anytime we travel, we would take it and we would shoot it. Um, not really for weddings just yet. So I think we did like a year or a year and a half of just shooting ourselves and seeing what we like, what we didn't like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we were able to start investing in cameras that were, you know, $500, $600, $1,000, $1,500, like felt a little bit more comfortable. Um, Cause it is kind of like a gamble. Like if you don't know how to use this gear, you're not going to have a great product. And then you've just spent over $2,000 on all these cameras that you don't know how to use. So I wanted to have enough confidence before really investing, which is again, why I purchased the, the Pentax because it was manual. And I was like, okay, at least I'll be able to learn like how to use something so different from digital. Like I have to slow down and use this. Um, And so now I feel more comfortable to again, like invest in something a little bit better, a little bit bigger um, that I know that'll give me exactly what I want. So yeah. Okay. The learning process still is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm <laughs> I don't sure. think I'm ever going to be an expert at it. I'm just going to keep doing it because I like it. Yeah. Honestly, that's like the best part about film for you is just the fact that you're passionate about it mm-hmm. and you're able to integrate it into your business. And now you can make money off of it, which is great. But even yeah. if you didn't make money off of it, it's just something that fascinates you. And I think mm-hmm. the key to actually staying on fire for your business is integrating the things like that into mm-hmm. your work so that you stay passionate because you yeah. can very yeah, quickly exactly. fall out of that artistic feeling if you don't feel challenged like artistically challenged mm-hmm. and uh, my film camera that I have is manual like you were mm-hmm. saying and I actually it's kind hard. of gave up using it yeah because I was like this is so hard for me to actually be able to like use it and like focus like I was like I can't even freaking focus like my camera focuses for me when I shoot like (laughs) I don't even know how to do this so it's it's a really cool way to like you said slow down and kind of just like re-spark a little bit of like the root of it all um Mm -hmm. by doing film it's been like challenging for you too like what is that in your business because I'm sure you're you know knocking out all these weddings like doing all of the and podcasting like that's so much like is there anything that you have too I'm like so so curious like a little creative thing (laughs) like a little creative thing that I do Mm -hmm. Mm. okay or challenging I guess like anything yeah I try I've tried to challenge myself this year and kind of last year with um I love like fashion I love Mm -hmm. like the influencing side of things Um, so I've been trying to kind of integrate that into my social media and my content creation and even pairing it with like doing videos, like what to wear to shoot a wedding that kind of like hits 
yeah, like the both, both, both of my passions. Yeah. yeah. So that's something that I kind of like to do just for fun. Like literally I'm like, I don't care if this video gets five views. Like I'm just going to post it. Cause I think it's just a fun little thing. Um, mm-hmm. so I'd say that's probably something that I do, but film is super interesting to me and you've really just inspired me to like, go get my manual Nikon <laughs> out of the closet. No. <laughs> do it again (laughs) oh I did want to ask you you mentioned one camera brand I actually heard of this brand literally like two weeks ago and you mentioned it again does it start with an L oh uh Leica yes Leica Mm -hmm. literally I know nothing about this brand it's how did you discover I'm gonna say probably say this wrong but it's one of the I think I'm gonna have to ask Nick once once more (laughs) because he knows all of these like random facts but I think it's one of the first brands to do film oh, I'm okay. pretty sure you're gonna have to google that but it's it's been around forever and and it's very well respected um I literally knew nothing about it until Nick brought it up to me and he was like oh one of these photographers that we really like like this is what they use and here are all the cameras that they use and like we've done a lot of educational courses again with that photographer if they have anything at all we we take it because we just love his work so much and I've been able to learn a lot about that brand and other brands that are, I wouldn't say better than Canon, but honestly, my my uh, knowledge of of gear was literally like Canon, Sony, you know, Ni- Nikon. Like I knew nothing outside of that. But there's like mm-hmm. a whole world of incredible and very expensive <laughs> cameras um, that are really fun to use. Unfortunately, they will break <laughs> break your bank. <laughs> for sure. Um, but they're, they're super beautiful, beautiful mm-hmm. things. I'd highly recommend even just to okay. try it out. There's a couple different, yeah. like, I think it's like lens, is it lens depot or lens rental or something like that.com. Okay. And I've, mm-hmm. I've been able to, um, rent out like really expensive cameras or like Leica's house of lad, just to see if I like them. Cause they're almost, you know, in the 10 to $20,000 range, which you can't yeah. just buy and be like, oh, that's right. We're gonna use like, it. Oh, I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I okay. would recommend that if anybody's looking yeah. to do that rent, okay. rent first. Love, <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Don't, don't waste five to 10 grand. No, literally. <laughs> yeah. We're jumping into an ad real quick to talk about Aftershoot. Did you know that in 2023, Aftershoot helped photographers edit and cull over 1.15 billion images? They offer AI-assisted editing and AI-assisted culling to make your editing process streamlined and super quick. Aftershoot's AI culling software will select your blurred images, closed-eyed images, your duplicates, and groups them all separately for your convenience, which means you can select and review hundreds of photos in just minutes using Aftershoot. Trust me, I know how long it takes to select and review hundreds if not thousands of photos from a wedding or a session and honestly we don't have time for that we have better things to do with our business they also offer a personal ai editing profile all you have to do is import your edited catalogs and you'll begin to train a custom profile that will imitate your style and do a bulk of the editing task for you you can also check out their marketplace which offers 30 pre-built ai styles for photographers looking to try fresh and new editing styles these pre-built styles are super easy to preview and you can apply the ones you like 
in just a few clicks. With Aftershoot, there's no more paying per image. You get unlimited culling and editing for a flat fee. The software also works offline, so you can literally work anywhere and everywhere. Their customer support is available 24-7. Aftershoot also has a fantastic five-star review on Trustpilot, so you can know they're legit and here to help you. Aftershoot is offering Oshoot listeners a free 30-day trial. I promise your editing workflow is going to be absolutely changed after trying Aftershoot. Head on over to the link in the description to claim your 30-day free trial of Aftershoot. Thanks so much for listening, and now back to the show. Okay, so let's transition to poses. I am super curious to talk to you about this because your photos feel really authentic and very candid with your poses. So what does your posing process look like when you're working with your couples? Mm -hmm. I had to, I have to think about this because I feel like in the last three years, my posing techniques have completely shifted. Um, when I first started out, probably up until a couple years ago, I would almost have a list on my phone and have like certain poses that I like go-to poses that I knew I could use for every couple. But then I started to feel that it wasn't almost representing the couple well and wasn't representing, you know, my art in a way, like what I could do. Cause I just kept doing the same things over and over and over again. And it became super repetitive. Um, so in the last couple of years, I've made it more of a point to get to know the couple first. So we have like a lot of prep calls. Um, I, I do consultations even before they book me, just so I know that I align well with their vision, like number one, and that our personalities mesh really well. Um, and if they don't, I'm always happy to like recommend them to someone who I think would match, match that personality. Um, but I think that's helped so much. Like, I don't feel like I have to pose anymore. I feel like I'm, especially on like engagement sessions, I'm just going to go hang out with these people that I've known now. Like I've done multiple calls. We've texted, like I have a relationship with them and I'm just like going to go, you know, third wheel on a date with them literally. Um, Mm -hmm. so that's been super fun and adding in, uh, types of props in a way. Like if we're going to a cafe, which is very easy in New York, not so much in Florida, (laughs) wouldn't recommend Florida, but very easy in New York, you know, walking across the streets, like things like that. There's a lot of exploring you can do around there. Um, that makes it really easy to just give them little hints and little things to kind of work on little prompts that Mm -hmm. aren't overly, overly like constrictive in a way, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So you find yourself prompting more than like actually posing. Like what would you, what are you saying to your couples when you are working Mm -hmm. with them? Yeah. It, it depends on, it depends on the couple. I like to almost first kind of get to know them and give them really basic stuff. So like, Oh, just staying together. Like you're going to take an Instagram photo. Like they almost everybody knows what that looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, so I kind of do that and just start you know, start the conversation from there, like really just see where they're at personality wise. Um, especially when it comes to height differences and, uh, you know, how affectionate people are in, in public as well. Like some people are not, you know, very comfortable doing that. So, um, the, the first like 10 to 15 minutes is really just me figuring out how they interact with each other. And then from there, I'm able to give them prompts that work for them. And I'll almost like re. I would reword, I reword stuff or I use, you know, things that I think they might think is funny or something like that. So I know that they might laugh at something that I really want. And I would say too, that film has been really helpful 
in that way because it is a lot slower. I do have to, you know, roll the roll the camera every couple of uh, couple of uh, photos, um, especially with one twenty. There's only like sixteen photos or something like that. Fifteen, so it's like yeah. every fifteen photos, I'm like, okay, I have to stop. We have to chat. Like we have to chat because yeah. I can't be taking photos right now. Um, and kind of using that as almost like an excuse. Like I'll say like, oh, I'm, you know, adjusting my camera. Like you guys just talk to each other for a little bit. I'm just going to adjust. And that's really the photo that I want is them enjoying each other's company rather than me telling them to like fake laugh or something that's like not natural. If that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. I really like that. That's, that's cool. You, you kind of do it just based on per couple, you know, like Mm -hmm. just based on, like you said, how they interact with each other. Like, yeah, I'm th- that totally makes sense. Like I've experienced that where specific couples, I don't know, like they are better at certain poses or they're better, you know, they feel more comfortable doing this or whatever. So yeah, I really like that. Yeah. Um, so for, for someone that maybe just wants more of that, like candid look, what tips would you give them posing wise for, you I know, talking to their couples? Yeah. I would say, and this is something I wish I would have told, you know, someone would have told me when I first started is understanding how you interact with other people, like your confidence, if you're maybe more uh, timid or quiet, like really finding people who match well with your personality. I think you're almost always going to come out with a good outcome because if you even have, you know, your list of poses, you can get creative with that um, if you really jive with your couple. Um, I feel like a lot of my couples, which is kind of so funny now, a lot of the women are like me and like a lot of the men um, are like Nick. So I feel like if I bring him along or if I'm alone, like I really get along with them. I'm like, oh, we could literally have dinner after this. Like this is so fun. Um, So that's that's helped so much in just connecting with them beforehand And then really anything I say, they're going to trust. Like, even if I give them something goofy to do, like, they're like, oh, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, So that's what what I would recommend is just really understanding, you know, your confidence level, getting an understanding of who you are first, and then transferring that into your photography and your, you know, posing style in a way, Mm -hmm. which is harder said than done. It's taken a long time. It's taken five years. So (laughs) honestly, yeah. (laughs) To like feel comfortable and not like feel like I want to throw up before a session. So that's right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I, the confidence thing for me, I would say was a big game changer in my posing when I realize that how I present myself to my couple and like Mm -hmm. how confident I am in my skills and my ability to take photos really affects how they pose and how they feel like they feel more Mm -hmm. comfortable if you're confident in how you're taking the photos if you're confident in the location and you know what you're doing like they feel more comfortable whereas like I've literally seen my couples stiffen up as a result of me not being as confident or being like Mm -hmm. a little bit more like unsure about things yeah Mm -hmm. so I I would say that's huge yeah yeah I agree that's I feel like it's taken so long to to really nail that down and and be able to get myself not almost like get myself out of those situations in a way too like let's say you want to shoot inside, like in New York, that is like almost a no, no 
almost every single time. There's a photo policy. You might get kicked out. Like I always now set that boundary at the very beginning of like, here's what's going to happen. Um, and this is where I'm comfortable. So if you want to be comfortable, (laughs) I would recommend that I'm comfortable (laughs) because if I'm not, then I have to also navigate their, uh, perception of me and their comfortability level, which is just another level of stress on top of, you know, creating images, which is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be a fun time, but yeah, yeah, Yeah. that's, it's definitely the, the pre session or pre wedding, like being upfront, setting the boundaries. They're almost 95% of the time they hundred percent trust me more, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. And what you said about prepping your couple too, I think that's genius. Like that's definitely Mm -hmm. something that everyone listening should like take note of is just Set that expectation yes yeah <laughs> communicate get to know your clients yeah. totally so yeah. let's talk about travel really quickly mm-hmm. um so girl you travel okay like you're over here <laughs> you're like oh my bad <laughs> so um how did you get into travel photography like when mm-hmm. how did you get that first travel booking and kind of like how did it evolve from there I have to think of my first one. I think, I think my first one was, um, through Instagram, actually through my personal Instagram, which is so funny because this couple now is like one of my, one of our like best friends. Um, so that experience was so beautiful and so fun. And again, still really good friends with them. So, I had a really great experience to start off and then I was able to kind of build off of that. Um, I would say really the reason I was able to get travel work was to invest in traveling. <laughs> like I would travel by myself until I met Nick and then we would travel together. Thankfully we both like traveling like the same. Uh, that was a huge thing to learn. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so that obviously helps just having a partner who's can be there who can drive me to things <laughs> right. and if I'm tired like can pick up the slack like that has been a huge change and the reason I'm able to travel the way we do um but a lot of it was investing like I put so much money into traveling and portfolio shoots and you know anywhere we would go I would try to book a shoot literally even if it was I remember going to Copenhagen and I booked a shoot and I didn't speak we did not speak the same language. I just shot this couple, yeah. <laughs> which is so crazy. But anywhere we went, I was like, I have to book something. Like I just have to, to seem like I'm doing the thing, yeah. um, which really worked out. I mean, almost any time we post that we go somewhere, I'm always sharing where we're going. Mm-hmm. We get work in that space or we at least get interest in that space. So I'm very, now I'm very strategic of what I post because there's some locations that might be too far out of reach for us anymore. Um, But there might be some locations, you know, where we have family in San Francisco and Montana and Maine and like all these beautiful places that we could easily get to and easily enjoy after and before work. Um, So we're just a little bit more strategic in the way we share like our work now, but. Right. Yeah, that no, that's awesome. You definitely have to invest in travel, like in order to get the bookings. It's weird. It's a weird thing. Like it's like which did comes you first. Book a lot, or did you travel a lot too? Like do the same thing. Like invest yeah. in a bunch of travel. 
yes, yeah. 50 sessions in five days. Like <laughs> <laughs> literally. Yeah. For me, it was, I was living in New York, but was from mm-hmm. Michigan, was always going back and forth. And so okay. I always appeared to be traveling, although I was literally just going home. Um, so, right. you know, I'd book travel in both places and I think that really helped me. But I mean, I've done trips that are specifically like, I'm going to be here. I want to shoot and I, you know, Mm want to build my portfolio here. I'm going to this place so that I can find a couple so that I can get this in my portfolio. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and that took my personal money and my personal time. Like it was not handed to me. It was not all expenses paid for. Yeah. We're not enjoying it. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. That's been years of that. And I finally feel like I finally feel comfortable like charging for travel too. Cause I'm like, mm-hmm. we do this so often. And we are like, I now feel like I'm a pro at it. Like, especially at the beginning, I'm like, I don't really know how to do these travel things. Like when am I supposed to come in? I don't really know. Am I supposed to drive, fly? Like what does everything cost? Like now that we've been able to do that so much and we've worked with a travel agent to like help us understand what's best for us. Like we've invested in education on that too, to be able to make at least our life easier and, you know, our, our client's life easier too. Yeah. I'm the type of person that like, I, it's cheaper to book me out of state than in state because I want to go somewhere. You know what I mean? Awesome. I love that. (laughs) Just because like, let me me go. Yeah. I'm just (laughs) like, I just want to like go to these new places. Obviously if I've already been there, like I'm probably going to like actually, you know, charge what it would be like, you know, whatever. But, um, yeah, I feel like if you want to travel, like I have no shame in being like, I'll cover this cost or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously I'm still making money, you know, like I'm not, it's not out of pocket. Yeah. There's like a positive outcome at the, at the end. Yes. Yeah. But like I had a lot of, like European weddings or like in specific locations that are like kind of far out for you or. Yeah. I just did uh, Europe. I just did Italy um, mm-hmm. this past October. Um, I know it was beautiful. And then I did an Ireland wedding um, mm-hmm. the year before that. Um, okay. Mexico has been really big for me. For some reason, mm-hmm. everybody books me in Cabo. I have like my third wedding there. Okay. That's amazing. May. I like Cabo. I, yeah no I'm not complaining at all yeah (laughs) what about you do you do international we've done a few we've done one um in the Bahamas which is obviously very close to Florida it's like a 45 minute flight literally um we've done a few in Mexico as well again like super easy to get to and we'll have our first uh in Europe next next (gasps) year or sorry this year whoa that's crazy oh my goodness that's wild about that um yeah so we'll have our first one and I'm excited for it but I don't don't really know how many we would do a year just because of our you know just our travel schedule I don't know how many times I want to do a Mm -hmm. 24-hour travel day it is really intense and Mm -hmm. very draining mentally and physically so I, I I think we're, we'll limit it. I think we'll limit it to one a year. The Bahamas yeah. wedding was an easy travel, but was a big event. So um, again, pretty taxing on the body. So I'm like, yeah. I think I can handle one or none. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> one or none. <laughs> yeah, pretty selective with that too. I wish yeah. I were younger. I feel like if I were like early 20s, I'd be so down. Both of right. us would be so down. But now that we're getting up there, we're like, ooh, 
this yeah. isn't as fun anymore. <laughs> yeah. I the travel I, hurts. It hurts. <laughs> it does. And if I'm gonna go all the way to like Europe or something, I'm gonna try to get other work there or I'm mm-hmm. gonna hop mm-hmm. to a few other countries and just like visit other places for like personal. So mm-hmm. that's why I feel like that one a year goal is pretty realistic. And ultimately Wait, like you, you said shoot like more like that the last time you went to Italy, like you, did you just post on social media? You're like, Hey, I'm going to be here. Like if you, I did. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. You have a huge following and, and people who are like very interested in what you're doing. So it makes sense. But Mm -hmm. are people like traveling for you? They're like, Oh, I'll just meet you there. Or they were already going to be there. No, everyone was already there. Like I try to hit people on the coincidence of like, Oh, you're in Rome at the same time as me. Let's shoot or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, like I shot a couple who was on their honeymoon in oh, Positano. So yeah. That's and they so like wow. it was really sweet. And they brought their like wedding attire with them. So it wasn't like oh actually God. a wedding. That's beautiful. Yeah, what? That's like really such pretty. a dream, a honeymoon I dream. I know. I know, honestly. It was it was really pretty. But I mean, you really have to finesse travel, you know, like mm-hmm. it's just it's different for everyone. So mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> <It's very true. laughs> yeah. So I want to wrap up this episode by asking you my favorite question that I like to ask my guests. Um, and if you don't have an answer, that's fine. But if you have a crazy story from a photo shoot or something, now would be the time to share it. Honestly, I feel like we've gotten very lucky in not having anything super super outrageous happen I've literally seen so many crazy things on like reddit and stuff where I'm like I don't even know how that's possible <laughs> um so thankful for that but I mean we've had so many where people are passing out because it's too hot especially in Florida especially right. in Florida. um we've had a few of those I've definitely been pooped on by a bird multiple times <laughs> so that's super fun um oh yeah I think that's like really a lot of them. One time I had, we were shooting in a park and somebody broke into their car and like stole one of like a purse or something. It was literally, I think that was like the most traumatic for me. Yeah. (laughs) So bad. Um, But I've been able to avoid as, as much of that as possible. Yeah, that's good. You have one core memory that you think of, or do you just think of like a bunch? I literally, all of my trauma flashes through my head at the same time when I think of this question. I I did. I mentally forgot about that. Right. Literally. I did have, um, probably my craziest story was I was shooting a wedding and one of the videographers who's flying the drone flew it too low. And the other videographer walked into the drone and it like sliced his eye, not his actual eyeball, but like, you know, like right above his eyebrow and he was like gushing blood. And it was during the first look. Oh my god. It was insane. Oh but I have such bad luck with drones. I also had um someone flying a drone indoors who was like a groomsman what? and it went and hit like I was like standing by a wall and it hit the wall behind me and like crashed in front of me and I was like you almost oh my died. gosh. You Literally. Died. So if anyone what? has a drone just do not keep it near <laughs> me. Like stay far away. Oh my gosh, dude. I've never never heard of that actually so. I wish I could be you having no <laughs> stories whatsoever <laughs> not like that where someone's about to die right. um 
No, I've, I've never seen blood at a wedding, like knock on wood. Hopefully this is not wow. the year, but yeah. I don't think I've ever seen like any type of stuff like that. It's like, yeah. oh, the, the groomsman forgot his suit. I'm like, oh, that's not, <laughs> <laughs> they're alive. We're good. Everybody's yeah. good. If you that's know, the worst thing that happens, that is fine that with is me. That is okay. Yeah. That's okay with me. I'm totally yeah. fine. Yeah. I'm so, so do you have any upcoming projects or anything fun and exciting that you want to share with mm-hmm. the listeners before we... I need to think. Um, I do have a a book that I wrote a while ago um, oh. in 2021. That's like a wedding planning book. I'll have to send okay. you one. Um, yeah. I literally forget about it all the time. I'm like, oh yeah, I did that. Um, but I release them since I do all of like the packaging, ordering, all of that stuff. I have, you know, an assistant to help me sometimes. Um, but I do one, uh, every kind of six months, three months that I'll do like a launch. So I'll redo the packaging and make it super beautiful. Um, especially for like engagement season. So I'll most yeah. likely be opening that up in a couple of weeks or like a month. Cool. Um, but it's like a really beautiful, like book that you can put it's like a coffee table book almost that was that was the vibe when we created it it's very thick but it's Mm -hmm. filled with you know all of the wedding planning tips and tricks like from a vendor's perspective which I think is really valuable um so yeah we'll we'll be launching that at some point again but I'll have to post on my Instagram I (laughs) I took it off so I'm like I forget I do it (laughs) yeah yeah have it but it's really yeah. beautiful I mean awesome. I love it every one of my family members has it like in their house and like every Aww. time I see it all my friends like oh this is so special <laughs> yeah. that's cool I've never heard of anyone doing that I love that mm-hmm. yeah it was really fun we had a huge like launch party and everything too it was I, I love more the event side of things like I just want to throw parties all the same. time same um and then I'm like oh I have a product whoops right about you're like oh right what what are we celebrating again <laughs> you figure that out. yeah <laughs> and you ship those out Yes. So where can everyone find and follow you on social media? Yeah, it's uh, cindymarie.co on Instagram. Um, I have a TikTok, but it's kind of just like, I just do it when, you know, it inspires me. Um, So I can't even remember what that is. I think it's like (laughs) cindymarie with an underscore or something. Um, And then my website's also the same. So it's cindymarie.co. So I've tried to make it pretty easy to follow, Mm -hmm. but we're really on Instagram and like cool. a tad on TikTok yes. <laughs> talking about trends and stuff. I don't know yeah. whatever I want to talk about it that day. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being a guest. This was Yay. such a valuable episode and it was so fun talking with you. You too. You too. I'm glad to meet yeah. more photography friends. I need that. Yes. Yes. We're friends now. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Thanks everyone for listening. Um, have a great rest of your day. Exposure with all of the highlights in the shadows is my composure. All the layers above, all the edits and tweaks, I know her. I am so done, need more time developing in my red room. It doesn't matter wherever I am on the top of the mountain or down in quicksand. Whatever the moment, wherever we stand, I'm taking. It doesn't matter wherever I am on the top of the mountain or down in quicksand. Whatever the moment, wherever we stand, I'm taking you, taking you, taking you. Getting a little bit higher. With different step I take, I'm getting good. Getting a little bit better.